All right, brethren. We have a beautiful two pieces we're going to see this morning in the Piyasat Rabbi. And it should be a schluss for us to just become more real with ourselves. Bezrat Hashem. Open up, please. Daf Shin Lamed Hey. This piece, this tiny little entry in the diary, is a very important one. I know that everyone likes to feel that there's never any room. I want to be a man of peace. I want to be a man of that doesn't get angry. I don't want to have anger to be part of my life. However, if the concept of anger exists in the world, is it only to be fully subdued? There must be a place for it. Shaila is where? Like the Gemara speaks about a person that has a yetzer to be like a, wants to kill, wants to be a killer. What should he, what should he become? Shaifet. We have these concepts in Yiddishkeit. But we, in, in our day and age, if I have this, this t- concept of kas, we know that getting through anger is one of the hardest midah to, to conquer. Even, even momentarily, even momentarily, not even to wipe it out. But anyone that, that struggles with kas, with anger, knows that when they're in the state of anger, they're, it, they're, they're removed from their, from their world, from, they're removed from their, from their being. Um, the, you know, Chazal say also kina removes removes person from this world as well. But when it comes to anger, Rebbeinu Shlaim, I have this mid inside of me. What am I, what am I supposed to do with this? What could I possibly do with this? Could I pretend that I don't really have anything to do with this? The other thing is is that when it comes to what's going to help us work beating our yetsa, like conquering the things that we know we need to conquer, as much as we would love to know to feel. Ah, Darche Noam, everything is just with sweetness and with easiness. The Rebbe is going to show us that don't fool yourself. How angry are you over the fact that you're suffering from what you're suffering? Does it, does it not bother you to the extent that you get angry over it? Ah, so maybe there is room for anger. The Shaila is, what stopped me from getting angry, mamish angry and full of hatred, towards that which prevents me from feeling like I'm a Yid and that I'm holy and that I'm doing good things in the world. The tension between these two inyanim is what Shin Lamed Hey, Otet Zayin in Tzav Ezeu is all about. The Rebbe says like this, don't, don't fool yourself. The only way you could mamish distance the Yetzir Hara Whatever that means for you, beauty imgam tisna ehu. When was the last time you hated that part of you that came out? When was the last time you hated what that resembles and who that makes you feel? Whatever that is, doesn't matter right now which one we're speaking about. But for some reason, we don't allow ourselves to go to the place of looking it straight in the eye and saying, this. I loathe, I loathe this. Not me. I loathe, I loathe what this makes me feel. I loathe the energy this brings into my life. Look straight in the eye of it. Say, I hate. Mamish, I hate. Bilti, he says, tisna'el. You must hate it. Look at it and hate it. Lo ratzon shelo lo bilvad He's saying, don't suffice it to me. Don't be misupak. How do you say that? Don't be... Satisfied, thank you, with just making sure that you don't love and fall into love with your lust. So I'm just okay with the fact that I'm not going to love it. But why should you hate 
this Yetzer, because Sherotzele Abedecha Mishteha Olamot. Why do you want to hate? Why should you hate? Because what is it basically you what is it basically causing you to do? Where is it leading you to? You're losing both worlds. You're losing this world and you're also losing the next world. So if someone would come to you, it's very simple. I always tell this to people that are struggling with like not having enough self-respect. I always say to them, tell me something. If someone would come to one of your kids and would say to your child, your mother isn't, mm. your father isn't, mm. what would you do to that person? What would you do to that person? It wouldn't be one. Probably not, <laughs> right? Okay. What? Depends on the country. <laughs> so the Indian over here is, why can't I look at that which I cannot, don't have control over, and what I, I, I put like a tavit, I put like a, I put like a, um, I say tavit, I'm sorry, my English he was so messed up these days, a label over it and saying, instead of defining you whatever I defined you until now, I'm labeling you right now, the person that's cursing my children's mother, the person that's cursing my children's father. Why? Because that's basically what it's doing. It's removing you. It's, it, it really is bringing you out of such a... It's taking you out from where you want to be. It's taking you out of where you really want to be. Look at that straight in the eye and realize that's what it's doing. And, if, and that, well, Be'ezer Hashem, he's saying, arouse within you the proper hatred towards that which prevents you from being where you want to be and how you want to stay there. You want to I say see, something? I see. It's, it, it puts you, on one hand, right, so your nature is like white on rice. You, you, it's you. You can't get rid of it. So, and you may not even be able to kill it, but how can you at least create a space, like distance it? From That's what he used, right. lerachek. Yeah, he didn't say limchok. Right, at least you, you pull it apart a little bit. Right. And why? Because you're in mortal danger, not just in this world, but in the next world. This is something who wants to kill you. Right. Right. And right. you had better, you had better rouse right. yourself. <laughs> You're in well, a battle Avi, Avi, what was the Torah we learned from Rav Nassim of Breslover that sounded like this about running away from a that it's, remember, running away from a a certain, a certain, I don't know what it was exactly, but if we approached it like someone coming with you, coming at you with a gun, with an axe, with a knife. And here's the, here's the thing, when you're in a battle like this, you cannot be, like fear will take you so far, but you must, you must get yourself into a state you are going to wipe this thing out. Right. right? You can't, you can't. Mamash, okay. yeah. So, Again, you must have hatred towards him because he wants to make you lose both worlds. And also tremendous amount of anger on it. Why? You know what tishtush means? Yeah. Yeah, in tishtush. Oh, you saw that there? Yeah, what word is that? Tishtush, when you're about to be put out... Um, in a, but for a procedure, mm-hmm. so they call it a tishtush. Tishtush means to like, ani mitushtash, ani, I'm, what? Blurry. Blurry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mitushtash is blurry. Thank you. Yeah. He's saying over here, how angry are you that it's making, it's making your dat and your lev blurry? You know, many people when they go through getting cleansed from addictions, there's always the shlav of anger towards the substance. 
anger, you still have love towards the substance, then you have anger towards the substance. Why? Because when you taste the preciousness and the value of shikul dat, of dat slula, of a calm and clear mind, anything that's going to be an enemy on that, and that might, God forbid, jeopardize the privilege of having shikul adat, consciousness, you know, just bamash ragua, you'll, t- you'll, look, you'll view them as an enemy. Pashut melod. Pashut melod. It's, uh, you know, I, I just... It's just very funny, but, but, but Toby and I were by Rav Weinberger one time, and he, he jammed his finger on Shabbos morning really, really bad into, into a door. Like, mamish bad. Were you there that Shabbos? Yeah, yeah, yeah you were there. Yeah, yeah. And um, when we got to Shul Shabbos morning, I see an ambulance outside of his porch, <coughs> and then I see Rav Weinberger walk into the ambulance holding his hand. He, mamish, he, was, he slammed it on really, like, it was he closed the door and chopped, chopped off part of his finger. I couldn't believe he made it back to shul later that later in Fashal Shit is. He walked past my house with his hand up in the air. He had to walk. He, the surgeon took him to a certain point, but then of course he couldn't walk. He couldn't go in the car anymore at that point. Right. He walked another four blocks to holding, his house, holding his hand up in the air like this with his finger wrapped up. So, and he, he comes to the like, Malka, you see a massive, massive bandage. I have a picture of it. So this next morning, Toby and I were sitting there. And um, I sensed that he wasn't really himself, and it's because he was on, found out later he was on Percocets. Later, I asked, I, we were speaking about that morning, and he said he, he, didn't, he didn't touch it again afterwards because it, it hated, he hated what it did to him. What, did, what does it do to you? Okay, yes, it numbs some pain. But it, if for the tzaddik that has the, you know, like the direct line, anything that's going to come and start to cause like Bezik problems or something, you don't want any part of. Not just you don't want part of. It's not like, oh, I'm not going to like this right now. No, no, no. You're going to hate it. You're going to wage war. And you would do anything in your power to make sure that nothing makes you blurry again. Only then, after the art of distancing involves loathing and hating it, will it become easier for you to, to conquer it. What does it mean, How do we usually understand that? What does it mean to be It's like we say in the battle between the two Yetzers, the Yetzer Tov has to come and conquer. What is, it? what is he saying over here? Use your Yetzer Tov to have rogues, which means anger, towards the Yetzer And then maybe you'll have a chance of eventually conquering. But don't think it'll come any other way besides tuning into some element of, are you gonna, are you gonna stand in, the, in, my, in my way of where I want to be? Pashut. View it, I mean, this is a little bit more dangerous, but view it as someone that is preventing you from going and being with your wife. Mamish. View it with someone, this is even, this is even like for us, it's a little bit more, listen to this. View, view that thing as someone that's standing in your way. Your children are waiting for Abba to come home from Shul, the Shabbos table. Whatever the most sentimental piece of, 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 of your life is. And saying, that's who you are. This is who you are. You're preventing me from being exactly where I want to be. And every second that you don't allow me to be in that place, my heart is crying. Oh, really? You. And then you go for it. 
The next piece, like we always say, we never know the chronology of these pieces, but it seems that there's something similar to it. Look what he says here. We're in Ot Yud Zayin. Now, in the Bnei Machshav Atova, there was a very, very intense visualization that the Rebbe led us through regarding a person visualizing their funeral. Remember this one? Very intense. Where you're, in the, you're, in, you're lying under a talus in the Alonka, and uh, basically you hear the, the kids crying and screaming, people, and there's nothing you can do. He's saying, that'll, that'll, that'll arouse you, that'll wake you up to kind of get your act together, right? So over here, again, the Rebbe is going to be speaking about something about thinking about death. Now look what he says here. Pachad nafal mol It's basically Sunday. He's saying, yesterday, I freaked out during Shalashudas. When I started thinking about, What would happen if I would drop dead? But that's Mamash, like, pshat, what he's saying. I started thinking about it. What would happen right now if I dropped dead? Hamishnah omeret, v'shuv yom echad lifnei mitatcha. So Mishnah says, listen, do tshuva one day before you die. And the Gemara goes on and says, Rebbe Yezir says, how do we know which day you, how does a person supposed to live like that? How do you know when you're going to die? Ah, exactly, since you never know when you're going to die, treat each day as it's your last day on the, on the face of the earth. Rak lashuv. So he's saying just to, 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 to not do bad right now, to not think bad things, I can do that any day. That's not like the hardest thing in the world. It's, it's, it's tough, but that's manageable. But to really fix yourself, not just to refrain from not doing bad, like he spoke about in the beginning of the Sefer, not just subduing the Yetzer, but to actually like clean, to clean, to mamish, remove the stains. He's saying over here, letaken et atzmo bechol yom, shebe'emet titar ha-nefesh mikolcholi veketem, that really the soul would be purified from any illness or, or stain, like I know and what I, like what I want, that's not so simple. That's not so easy. What do you think the Rebbe is saying over here? What's the difference between the two things? What, what's the difference? It's, it's, it's tremendous, but let's get into it. What is the Rebbe saying over here? He freaked out. Why did he freak out? Because he thought about what, what would happen if I would drop dead. But then he says... Well, you know, Chazal saying, every day you got to come back and do tshuva. So he's saying, what aspect of tshuva can I maybe, hopefully, tune into every day on any given day? To not sin. Manash. Yes. To not think bad things. Hopefully I can be that kind of a Jew that's constantly in that mode. Especially if I say Shmonasar with Kavana three times a day. So the world of tshuva, or the world of not sinning, the world of just trying to like, not use foul language or even say lashon hapseder, but what's freaking? That's not freaking the Rebbe out. What scared? What scared the Rebbe at Shalashudas? What would happen if I dropped dead before I removed the stains that I have on my neshama? That's a whole nother world. Now I'm just like Bina and I were learning this last night, and I was thinking like, 
we were thinking, started laughing, like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, he's talking about his stains, the Piasets and the Rebbe, he's speaking about his stains, like, what kind of stains could he be talking about, right? But you know what? He had stains, whatever they were. It's not for us to go into them. But he can't be giving up over this Torah unless he could relate to this world of like what you and I relate to, can relate to. Can't, you, can't, you can't speak about these things theoretically. And it won't work. Okay. And then when I start to think in my thoughts and my ideas, Mahaya. What if I was forced to be exposed and shown in the world of Kedusha before God while I still have these stains on my soul? Terror, fear, Anything you could think of that would, would, would cause a person to be in shock and be scared, grab the Rebbe at that moment. But that is Hashemayim Shemayim LaHashem. Look what he says now. Mamash lo yareti kol kach mipnei amavet velo daagti kol kach arbe al chos yamim chas v'shalom k'mo min reiyazot. This caused me more fear. Thinking about this caused me more fear than anything else I ever I ever went through in my life. More or less, just this thought of showing up and I'm coming back, returning my neshama. It's pure, but it's filled with schmutz. It's filled with stains. Showing up to the king and the big coffee stain on your white shirt. The shirt he gave you. The shirt that he gave you, exactly. But now look what he says. Next page in my book. Hold on a second. Why am I so scared? Why am I freaking out so much about how I look and how I show up and how I'm viewed there when I go to the Olam HaKadusha? So deep. Many of us are so concerned and worried when I come to Shemaim, what are they going to think about me? But how come that same fear doesn't grab me while I'm still here? How come right now I'm not just as scared, even more mortified? Because you always feel like you could do better tomorrow over here. Then that would bring more fear, though, because if I don't, the weight of that... Or it's less fear, you have the opportunity to fix it. So you're like... Like you get an extension. Again, the, the Canadian optimist showed up again. It's been a while <laughs> since you showed up. <laughs> I don't know how you guys are programmed, but usually when I see that I missed another opportunity, I'm not like, oh, well, tomorrow I can still do this. I'm like, man, I got the shirt even more schmutzig. And then more schmutzig. And it's going to be harder until I even give up from even trying to attempt to clean it. Okay. Sorry. Right, but this is but this is to the Canadians, right? This is, don't think that way. You have to do tshuva because you might not have tomorrow. You might die tomorrow. So that's the counterweight to this. Meaning it's a Canadian approach. No, no, right? no. So people, people do this, but 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 that's how say don't do tshuva now because you might die tomorrow. Because you're, the, the havamina is I won't die tomorrow and I will be able to fix. Right, and, and, and so that that piece that says you might die tomorrow do tshuva now. Oh, meaning like, yeah. the American yeah. or the Israeli is like he's like. 
I may really die tomorrow. And the Canadian's like, nah, I probably won't. <laughs> so I always have tomorrow. Because right. I, I probably won't die tomorrow because yeah. things will be peachy. Well, that's it. So that's right. why this is the counterweight. Right. <laughs> but I, f- I found, like, I-, I was, like, really trying so hard to be in front of the Rebbe, to look at his eyes when he said these words. Because some kind of pachad also went into me when I saw these words, when the Rebbe spoke like this. Where in the beginning he says, my God, I was terrified. Terrified by thinking that I show up with, let's just say, the white shirt, the cloth, whatever it is that you gave me, fully stained when I get up there. But wait, 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 wait a second. Why am I there? Today, right now. How come that doesn't terrify me? Why doesn't that scare me? Just as much, if not more. How do I know? And this is just being a, this is just a very vulnerable, raw, and organic fear that the Rebbe is sharing with us. Even though like the, you know, the, the proper answer is, no, 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 Hashem never throws you away. Hashem, you could always come back. He says, how do I know that Hashem didn't chuck me out already? How do I know that it's so like my bill, Yossi's mushal of the restaurant, that my... My, my bill in the restaurant is so large already that they said to me, we don't even think, believe you anymore that you're going to come back tomorrow with guilt to pay your bill. You're never allowed back here again. Case, case closed. You know, Makolet style, right? Makolet style. No, 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 you can't. No, no, no. No, you can't. You can't take out. That's what the Rebbe is saying. How do I know? Don't even worry about your bill. Just right, right. Go back. <laughs> right. It's on us. Just get out. Never come back again. How do I know? That that's not the case with me over here, he's saying over here. That, that he did this. V'hishlicha el achad ha-pachot ha-chek mimeno chas v'shalom. He didn't cast me away to, to somewhere where it's so far and distant from him. Okay, this is pretty depressing. Right? So the Rebbe is not going to leave us with just saying, I might be chucked. He's like, you know what? I don't know if I'm chucked. I don't know if I'm still here. I don't know if I'm involved in proper tshuva today. I don't know anything. What do I know? That as long as I'm breathing, I can scream to the king. All I can do in this situation is to start screaming. Za'aka, you know, za'aka is one of the lashonos that's used when we're leaving, when, when, when we were Avadim and Mitzrayim, it says, <coughs> It's like the Avadim also, they felt helpless. The slave feels absolutely helpless. But something, and we learned this last year in the Oav Yisrael, something inside of them naturally was just emerging. What was this natural emergence coming from them? Like a beast just screaming, roaring. He's saying, over here, that's all I have left. Like the bottom, the bottom line. Lo nishali shum davar chel. En li etza rak lizok el amelech. Ribono shelaylam. Master of the world. Hatsileni mitit. Tit is is mud. Ve'al et ba'a. Please don't let me drown in the mud. Chas v'shalom. That's all I have left. Meaning the cheshbonos of how clean my shirt is, how much time I have left in this world. I don't have the answer to any of them. Did I do proper tshuva? I don't know. This is kind of like where man is faced with like these moments of like, when it's as real as it gets. So the person that really slips and drowns does not end up screaming. 
He just ends up continuing to drown and in his sorrow, in his pain, in his darkness, in his mud, in the bed that he made for himself. But it's funny because the Rebbe, this sounds very Reb Nachman to me, the end over here, you know? Because what is he saying over here? It's true, all these things are true. It could be that God did chuck you. And yet what? I could still say, I'm not going anywhere. You might have chucked me. Reb Shlomo once said about, uh, you know, he came back to Lubavitch a few years after. He wasn't in Lubavitch anymore. So someone saw him there and said, didn't they tell you not to come back? So the Rebbe never told him not, never to come back, but the older Hasidim definitely told him to, to, to leave. He said, well, they, they threw me out, but I never chose to leave. And that's a very interesting thing. Like, you know, you could say, like, like yeah, yeah, meaning... I was horrible, and the Gzardin already, while I'm in this world, is that the Yitzhahara dictated to me where I'm going to get to, and it said to me, you're out of here. But for some reason, I'm not six feet under. I'm still breathing, and as long as I'm still breathing, in the Yitzhah, So I want to give us a bracha. First of all, we shouldn't have to get to this place, but we probably have been there many times, and maybe we're there right now. And if we are... Just remember the last words, because if the PSS never can say this, any of us can say this, because I want to explain what I, what I just said. The PSS is a veras, and it's, it's weird to even talk about this, but the stains that the PSS Nerebbe was speaking about, obviously, it's probably like, how can I show up to Shemaim and I had too much kavana in Shachris that I missed this man of Kriyachma. Like, that's probably a ketem for him, right? Do you understand the level of, like, like you and I think about <coughs> stains, and we're like, remember channel so-and-so? That's the stains we're thinking about. Do you remember her? Do you remember that? His level of, we, we, would, we would laugh at Alavai, his stains would be our greatest mitzvahs, right? But for the Rebbe, the weight of whatever his stain was weighed way more heavier than whatever our Avedas do to us. That's what... That, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to speak about. You understand? The weight of however holy his ketem was weighed much more heavy than the simpleton's way of associating and, and relating to Averas. So therefore we're saying that if he can look at what weighed him down and say, all I have left is to scream out to you, then wherever we're at, we can join, we're there. He put like, it's like the Rebbe's put a sukkah up for us. We're outside, we're not in the house, we're not allowed in the house. He put a sukkah us for us to go in, under that canopy and also find a place to say, Gamani, I'm not going to pretend that I know what's going on over here. I'm not going to pretend that I'm ready to die. I'm not going to pretend that I'm ready to go up to Shemaim and come up with a clean garment. But I know one thing. I can still scream like a wounded animal. I can still scream. Now, this is already we get into Reb Nachman, where it doesn't necessarily mean with a voice. It could mean also Zakat <coughs> The silent scream, whatever it is, but it falls under the category of something raging inside, deep inside of you, that that's left for us. Don't belittle it. The truth is, most major breakthroughs happen and occur once a person, we call, we say in, in recovery, we, right? It says in recovery, yeah, we, we're all in recovery. It says, well, only when a person reaches rock bottom, right? Rock bottom is that place where you realize in the El is ok, right? But you know, just like in Mitzrayim, we reached rock bottom and we started roaring, 
Vayeda Elokim, Vayishma Elokim. Hashem heard that. So too in our lives, no matter what's going on, no matter how the Cheshbonot have been working, if I can go to that place, that probably is the first level of redemption, of through whatever it is we need to be redeemed from. So when you get to that place and you scream, you're in good company. You're in good company. You're with a door that witnessed the greatest miracles that ever happened in the world. You're with a door that witnessed Yetzirah Mitzrayim and Matan Torah. It all started. That's where it started from. Yeah, Jeremy. Um, you know, he says here at the end of the first paragraph here, that he, or the second paragraph, that he never in his life was so filled with Hira other than when he had this experience of like encountering his death at Shalashivs. And then I remember there were two beautiful meditations that he gave in the Bnei Mach Shabbat One was imagining your death. Right. And then the other one was also imagining your death, like walking into the furnace. Right. And I right. think like this experience here is really what inspired him to say, wow, this was so powerful for me. I should really write that to the Bnei Mach Shabbat that they should also think about their death. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, I really was bothered by the tefillah of Hamachazir Nishamot Mifgarimeti. It's such a weird way to start your day. Who brings back life to dead bodies? It's just like, let me just have a nice day. Like, what is that about? And since like that time when we learned that in Vemach Shabbat so I don't have koch to do on walking into the furnace and the Holocaust. Like, that's just too much for me. But when I had that like kavana, then I was like, all right, let's just for a moment think like, who the hell knows what happens this evening? Maybe I'll get into a car accident. Maybe this really is my last day. So let's just like that. Kavana there for that thing really helped me just like encounter death that it Bemet is a pegermet vehine Hashem echzeroti for this one day and just in that moment it helped me like bring a little bit more mm. like Kavana that made sense to me to like in the morning like okay let's just pretend like this is the last day shuv b'yom lifnei yom this is a good time to mm. really think about that and so that sort of like makes this because it's such like high ideas of Lama well Lama. I'm gonna ask you a question on this was it a given to you that you woke up this morning um I guess not. You know, no, it was. To all of us. Otherwise, you would fall right. asleep. We don't think about that 24 hours a day. It was a given. Yeah. It was a given. Remember the guy in the, in, 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 uh, in Lev Efrat last year? You know what I'm talking about? Who was engaged? Kenny Cohen's son, Nachshon. Got engaged, went to sleep. No matter. Meaning, don't, you don't have to wait till the night. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll not be here. Maybe I'll get into a car accident. It's like, wait a second. Uh, that was a, that was a, that, that shouldn't be a given. The fact that I even, It's true. These things are, these things are important. The closer we're getting to Mashiach, the more that it's, 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 we have to pay attention to these things. I just feel like it's very helpful to actually just like once a day in the morning, just think like, this actually might be our last day. Shoot. Yeah. Well, That's really that's really what it was meant for. If you if you were conscious of the word shechzarta, you'd be in that state. But in case you're just like some hippie that's like, okay, modani, hamachazir nishamot medin. How does a hippie say that, bro? How does a hippie say hamachazir? How does he relate to that? Yeah, yeah. No, the Vigarim 18, I'm saying. Right. 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 The Grateful Dead, yeah. Oh, that's, that's the page. That's what it means. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, finally, we made it okay. All right, shikoyach, everyone. <laughs>